Amanda, first of all, what is ecstasy? Ecstasy is the name we commonly use for a chemical called MDMA or methyl methamphetamine. But since that is quite a mouthful, we'll go with MDMA. We'll stay with MDA. Yeah. Yep. And this chemical is related to amphetamines. So it helps people to feel more alert. But it also has other properties which alter people's um, thoughts and, and perceptions. But I think it's also very important to acknowledge that if someone buys a pill as ecstasy, it might only contain a very small amount of MDMA or it might not actually contain MDMA at all. All right. So what are the, the, the sort of tricks or what are the things that it might have other than MDMA? Yeah, it could be a primarily methamphetamine base which means that people will, will feel alert for many hours, but they won't get those other effects. And there's been a wide variety of fillers reported that can be put in there, like caffeine, ketamine, all sorts of things, and more dangerously, um, PMA, which has been linked to um, earlier deaths in South Australia. Wow. So back to MDMA, yep. also known as ecstasy, or the, the essential ingredient, if you like, in ecstasy. Yep. In, in, from a sort of hard-nosed scientific point of view, what are the... The, uh, the, the short-term effects of ecstasy. Okay, well, if someone takes an ecstasy pill and it contains an active dose of MDMA, they'll normally start to feel the effects about 20 minutes to 60 minutes after they've taken the drug. And what happens is that MDMA enters the brain and it causes a massive release of serotonin from your cells. It actually, similar to an antidepressant medication, inhibits the reuptake of serotonin back into the cells. So you've got a, a lot of serotonin floating around and this causes massive uplift in yeah, mood. You feel you ecstatic. Feel ecstatic, hence yep, yeah. hence the name. Uh, euphoric, increased confidence and a decrease in inhibitions. But what particularly distinguishes ecstasy from other drugs is that people report a sort of emotional openness and empathy with other people. Uh, but it can also cause things like an increased heart rate, increase in body temperature, uh, nausea, lack of appetite, which is all related to the many functions that serotonin has. Yeah, it's all over the place, really, in it the sure body is. there. Um, does anyone know what the long-term effects of ecstasy are? Yeah, that's sort of the million-dollar question, and there's, mm. there's no clear answer to it. But certainly whether it has long-term effects on the serotonin system, whether it can actually cause irreversible damage or neurotoxicity, which is how it's referred to, um, has been widely debated. But what's now known and commonly accepted from animal studies is that MDMA can cause long-term damage to particular parts of the serotonin cell, which is thought to be irreversible. And unfortunately, no study has really been able to monitor humans over a long enough period of time mm. because research in the area is particularly new. Um, no one knows whether any damage will, say, be there in 20 years' time. But what studies have been able to do in humans is to look at the potential effects from a functional point of view. So by looking at users and former ecstasy users and testing them on things like their memory and looking at their anxiety and depression levels. And certainly uh, many studies have shown that ecstasy, both current use and former use, is related to memory impairments and learning impairments, particularly for those tasks that require more of a higher order cognitive demand, so when you're faced with multiple tasks mm, or something yeah. like that. But definitely what is needed is sort of study that 
we can follow the same people over time and look at their memory and look at things like their anxiety and depression. And that's the, the project that I'm working on at Centre for Mental Health Research. It's Excellent. called the Path Through Life Project. So we'll actually be able to do that. We can follow the same people who are using ecstasy now and look at them in, say, 16 years' time and see how it's affected wow. them. That's, yeah. yeah. Hopefully I will have finished my thesis by then. Yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> your thesis doesn't depend on that. Anyway. No, no, it doesn't, so that's 16 good. years from now, yeah. You're taking an epidemiological point of view, is this right? I got the right yeah. terminology yeah, there? Yeah, definitely. So in terms of that sort of epidemiology or public health, what's the comparison... Uh, Better or worse, say, and that's a very simple question to ask, but yep. I imagine it's a difficult to answer. That the comparison between, say, tobacco and alcohol, I, I, imagine, I don't know what the prevalence of ecstasy consumption is, and mm-hmm. you know, on the on the not just the person, but on the on the public health, on the the population, what's the the difference or the similarities between ecstasy and alcohol consumption? Okay, well, certainly ecstasy is not as commonly used as alcohol consumption. Um, According to National Drug Strategy Household Surveys, for example, about 8% of those within the ACT um, who are aged 14 years and over have tried ecstasy or used it in the previous year. In terms of from a public health perspective, I think the main difference between something like ecstasy and tobacco and alcohol is that, well, tobacco and alcohol are legal substances. Mm. They're they're manufactured and the manufacturers clearly have to stipulate what is in it. Um, It's very controlled. It's very controlled, exactly. Whereas when you're buying an ecstasy pill, um, no one knows what's in their pill. Mm. And as we've mentioned, it could contain a a lot of other different drugs and they won't know how it's going to affect them. And it certainly carries with it um, different risks from, say, using tobacco um, Mm. or, or alcohol. And those risks are unknown in the long term. They are unknown in the long term. And certainly in the short term, use of ecstasy with with other drugs including say antidepressant medications can be fatal in some instances um using too much water while someone's on ecstasy can actually cause water intoxication and that's been linked to some deaths because it actually prevents the the hormone in your brain um you can't actually release urine as as you were before so if someone's active while they're on ecstasy they should only be drinking about 500 mils of water in that hour and if they're not active they should be having about 250 mils of water in that hour Mm -hmm. so but i think communicating those risks those Mm. short-term risks you know you can certainly take measures to minimize the potential for harm so if someone is using ecstasy they can they can take measures